This encore program for Fire on the Earth was chosen based on the request from many listeners. Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're continuing to touch on Advent themes and dimensions of what the church wants us to be able to lay hold of in a season like this as we're living and remembering, you know, at the beginning of the church year here, remembering we live between the two comings of Christ. This is enormously important for us to be able to keep in our minds to have the eternal perspective, biblical worldview, and a renewed mind. Jesus came the first time as a lamb in mercy to express the mercy of God, to lay down his life, to take away sin, to make it possible for human beings to be freed from the powers of sin and death. And he revealed the mercy the tender mercy of God for each and every one of us. And now and the church is born from Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that he alone could do as the eternal Son of God who became one of us and is exalted now at the right hand of God the Father in glory. And when he went home to glory, you know, as the victorious king, the Messiah, the Messiah that was prophesied that the Father would put on the throne, he would rule over all things. This is Jesus. And he's there in a human body that's absolutely glorified. And the day's going to come when we're going to see him, see him as he is. We're going to be able to gaze into God in a way we can't now. We're getting closer to it, right? As we go deeper into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is our escort into a relationship with God and knowing God and and the, the journey toward union and communion and the spiritual marriage with God, which will be perfected in heaven. But we're going to see the glory of the Lord. And it's this time now here on earth, when we're living between the two comings, the time of the church, that people of God that are now brought into this reality, that's where we're the light of the world, not because we're perfect or without flaw. We're not battling against sin and falling and weak and broken people in our own way. Sure, that that's part of who we are but something absolutely profound and overwhelming is happening inside me and inside you. If we are living in God, baptized into Christ, being a part of his church that certainly stands you know, constantly in need of renewal and purification, which is happening, and the Lord is wanting to take us deeper, but let's not miss the value of this season to be able to say, Lord, I, I want to go deeper and understand more fully what you've accomplished in your incarnation, life, death, passion, death, resurrection, and ascension into glory. And now we're waiting and anticipating for the longing of your full revelation and the full revelation of your kingdom. And when he comes for those who are in Christ, there's going to be a revelation of who we are too. There's going to be a revelation for those who are on earth when he returns and those in heaven will come with him. There will be a revelation of the reality of what happened in people, weak and broken people like us, who said yes to the Lord again and again and again and received the gift of the Holy Spirit and lived a life of obedience, of just going deeper into relationship and with the help of the Holy Spirit who manifests Christ to us to be able to go deeper into that manifestation because the more we see him, the more we gaze upon him, the more we see his loving gaze toward us, the more we're transformed. And he's glorified. The Father's glorified. The Son is glorified in us. Isn't that amazing? We who fell from glory, who were destined to be eternally separated from God, slaves to darkness of sin and death, 
now raised to glory by God's mercy, and he's doing something beautiful in us. Thanks be to God. said I'd talk a little bit more about the seven longings of the human heart. Uh, if you didn't have a chance to tune into previous programs, the last couple of days I've been talking about, uh, especially yesterday at the end of the program, what these seven longings are and how important they are. They're given, they're, they're built into us by God. You know, the longing to be enjoyed by God. I'm going to start there. That's the first one. I mentioned a friend of mine, Mike Bickle, wrote about this years ago. And these longings come from God. And they're put in us because all of them are satisfied ultimately in our knowing God. And there's counterfeits on the earth. I mean, there's some good things on the earth that do give some measure of satisfaction to these things. That's part of how God created things. But ultimately, for example, the first one, the desire, there's a deep, deep craving in the human heart to be delighted in and to be enjoyed, to be be held, you know, to be known and to be enjoyed, to be delighted in and to be celebrated, to be pursued. And we find that one of the ways we find that on earth and people search for it is in marriage. And what can happen in the context of full relationship in marriage and all that's there, the kind of self-revelation that can happen and the, the communion together and the capacity to enjoy each other in a very deep and profound and total way. But oftentimes we know that because we're imperfect people, that it doesn't happen at the level that there's some deeper longing in us. And a lot of times people who get separated and divorced are just like that deeper longing isn't fulfilled in me in this relationship. And they look other places for it. That's what the devil will often do. And we, we feel it and we're trying to get that fuller satisfaction that only will come friends in Christ, knowing God, because marriage itself is an image of God. It's a, it's a sign we're participating in it. And so anyway, I think the temptation is to try to find it again in this person or that person and some other counterfeits ultimately, because it's never fully satisfied. Jesus loves us in the intensity with which he loved the father. He said, as the father has loved me, so I love you. John 17 is the father loves the son. So the father loves us. This is the place. This is astounding when you think about it. This is the place where ultimate human satisfaction comes from. We have a longing for the assurance that we're known and we're enjoyed by God, the creator of the universe. Really one of the most powerful strongholds in the mind, friends, is fear of rejection and the trauma of shame. It's one of the things Mike points out in the book, the fear of rejection and the trauma of shame. It's, it's, it creates these fears, creates such deep emotional weight. There's so much struggle inside people. So much energy is put forward to pushing back the negative emotions that come as a result of these things. And we get the wrong idea about God, that God ultimately, that God himself rejects us. That's a great fear. Somehow I'm not good enough. And so we, we have this, I talked about an orphan spirit at the beginning of the week that, that really came from the fall outside the garden, the place we're meant to be. And in some way, friends, every single human being feels deep alienation at times. Some people, it's a predominant feeling in their life. right? And it's also this fear of rejection that I'm alone and a walking in shame. You know, the orphan always has this shadow cast over them in a way that everybody experiences at some level, but some very intensely that I'm alone, that I don't have a home, that deep down I'm rejected. I'm not desired, I'm not prized, 
I'm not enjoyed. But when we get the help of the Holy Spirit, friends, to really understand who God is, that he's not just about performance, he's not keeping score in the sense that we often do, and so long as we just feel like, well, I, I just, I can't measure up. I keep failing. Friends, he so loves us. He loves every little way in which we say yes to him. And the devil wants to accuse us. You know, when we fall, um, when we're only loving, the, we're making little baby steps. The Lord loves baby steps as much as I love, 10 times more, I, how do you put a number on it? Then I enjoy and celebrate the little baby steps of my grandkids. I saw my, one of my grandsons the other day. I hadn't seen them for a number of weeks and I turned around in the kitchen and there he was standing. He got up by himself and he, I noticed, wow, look at him. I hadn't seen it yet. And he started, he was taking steps. I was just so happy inside to see it. And I said to my daughter, Sarah, look at him. Look what he's doing. And she, of course she already knew it, but I was celebrating. And those are just little baby steps. Friends, our immaturity as disciples, does not disqualify us, right? Weak love is not false love. Weak love is something the Lord, he knows about us. He knows our frame. The Father, think about the different parables that Jesus spoke about. You know, the message of the lost sheep. Jesus went for the one, right? He's so, he'll do everything to help us. The lost coin, the joy of finding the lost sheep, the joy of finding the lost coin. Jesus is communicating to us the joy of the Father receives when we sincerely seek to obey him, even in our weakness. Think about the prodigal son story. I mean, the prodigal son wasn't all washed up and perfected. I mean, like bathed and perfected and all ready to go. He came back in the condition he was in and the father ran to him. He could, he was overwhelmed. The father said, you know, put the ring on him, put the robe on him. Let's celebrate. As the son was coming home, did he earn it? No, it's in the father. It's the love of the father and that the loving gaze of his father and not finally condemnation as he came in repentance was transformational. And those stories are meant to go deep into the heart. It's worth reflecting on those friends to ask the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, help me understand the prodigal son story. Help me understand the joy of the father's heart toward me that's where it'll come proverbs 3 2 excuse me proverbs chapter 3 verse 12 for whom the lord loves he corrects just as a father the son in whom he delights god delights in you god delights in me one of the biggest hurdles to get over is to be able to come into that realization let's do another longing before time runs out got just a couple more minutes the longing to be fascinated Again, there's a craving in our spirit to be fascinated, to be marveled, to be awestruck, and to be filled with wonder. It's one of the reasons God created the cosmos. It's just a wonder, you know, that people, there's just no limit to it. It's just so overwhelmingly interesting, and it just fascinates us, right? As I've mentioned a number of times this week, how the, the entertainment industry has sort of captured this. But God, in the Holy Spirit, wants to help us understand that that fascination doesn't come just from thrill-seeking, like energy junkies and the rest. It's coming into the divine, the experience of the divine entertainment that God wants to give us. I don't mean to trivialize it, but just to say, the Lord himself, God is the one who's absolutely fascinated 
And we will, it begins here now, but for all eternity, we will be with him. Our eyes, it says, Isaiah 33, 17, our eyes see the king in his beauty. God, for all eternity, we will never fully, we'll never be unsatisfied with the pursuit of God in heaven. We'll never fully comprehend the infinite reality of his beauty and his majesty and his glory. And we will be thrilled and fascinated forever in glory with one another, but with God and everything that is about God. So lift your eyes to the heavens, friends, and see how great God is. And so there's nothing more pleasurable and exhilarating than when God, the Holy Spirit, reveals God to the human heart. It's it's the highest level of fascination a human being can have on earth. You think about First First Corinthians, where uh, chapter two, the Spirit searches all things. Yes, even the deep things of God. We have received the Spirit that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. We can see by the Spirit He takes us deeper. And so, when that happens, when the Holy Spirit takes us deeper, friends, we become liberated from the inferior pleasures that we're pursuing and the counterfeit ones that lead us into sin, and we begin to live in what Psalm 16 says, the superior pleasures of knowing God. Paul said the same thing. And we'll be filled with awe. And if we're not, our Christian life can be boring, dull, and aimless. I'm not just talking about thrill-seeking. I'm talking about the transformation of the human heart. And when we're dull in faith, we're going to go pursue other counterfeits. But if we seek God, God said he will reveal himself to us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of holiness, and everything will be added unto you for a full life in God. God bless you, friends. Hope you can share this program with others. Have a good day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.